On that land shall darkness prevail and light expire. A prospective Keyblade Master should know this. The gazing eye sees the fate of the world. The future is already well, I bet made. you there's a lucky emblem here. Welcome to Got It Memorized, a Kingdom Hearts recap podcast trying to make sense of this mess before Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind DLC comes out. My name's Joe, and I'm joined as always by Wheels. How are you, Wheels? I'm pretty good. When the fuck does that DLC come out? Is that next week? The, uh, as we record this? We're recording this on the Saturday of the 19th. It comes out Thursday the 23rd, so we are less than a Hate week away. to break away. it to you, bud. It is Sunday. Fuck! You're right. I I've started working from home on Fridays and has completely disrupted. Oh, I bet. Yeah. What feels like the weekend now. So my entire world is destroyed. But you're right. It is Sunday. I fucked up. We usually record on Saturdays. That's true. This weekend's different. Uh, anyways, all of that aside, we're here for a very special episode uh, where we recap the entire plot of Kingdom Hearts 3. In this one. In For this ourselves, one as a service to ourselves, so yep. that when Remind <laughs> comes out, we remember what the fuck happened in Kingdom Hearts 3. And We've been fucking around in uh, The World Ones With You for so long. But um, you all get to benefit from our self-servicing mm. task. Consider this a nice little sequel to the Story So Far episode we did. Feel free to amp up the downloads on that one a year later. Happy birthday. Uh, but now we're back for... A quick reminder. Wild to think that was a full year ago. Yeah, yeah, this is... Over that, even. The, the 23rd is the one-year anniversary of the, like, Japan release of Kingdom Hearts 3, I believe. Wow. Um, so it's only a few days off from, from the U.S. release that we did. Glad it's at the end of the week this time. Pretty grateful for that. Mm-hmm. For personal reasons. But yeah, I guess that's, 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 that's what it is. We're gonna get into it, um... We're going to, much like last time, trade back and forth off various sections, although they're not as clear sections as, you know, games. But um, there's Disney World, so it mostly works. So we'll, we'll, we'll start as the game does. Uh, I, I will be starting us off. Uh, and I think, again, I will do timestamps in the show notes um, for the different sections we have here. Anyways, we will begin now uh, with the intro of the game in the first world, which is Olympus. During the prologue, we see a large white city called Scala Ad Calum that spans numerous buildings and even has structures that are built underwater. We see young Xehanort and young Ericus playing some approximation of chess and discussing the ancient Keyblade War waged over the ownership of light. It's their master's favorite story. Xehanort asks about the lost masters who started the war, or the ones for whom the war started, and discusses how darkness is always going to prevail and the gazing eye in their master's Keyblade has already seen the fate of the world. Ericus says that light can change the future, and there's more to light than meets the eye. Xehanort is eager to be proven wrong. Then, Kingdom Hearts 3 picks up exactly where the ending cutscene of 0.2 of Fragmentary Passage left off. Sora is sent by Yinsid to meet with Hercules and learn how he too can regain his power, having lost it all in the events of Dream Drop Distance. 
Sora needs the power of waking, which he didn't learn during the Mark of Mastery exam. Sora, Donald, and Goofy, the Goof Troop, travel in their gummy ship to Olympus, and the viewer is greeted with a scene describing Hades' previous attempts to destroy it, and this time the stars are aligned or something. The solar conjunction is at hand! <laughs> the Goof Troop land in a grassy area at the bottom of the mountain, unsure if this is really Olympus or where Hercules is, when Hades comes and says some mean things to them, and then awakens the Titans, which blast Sora and the gang sailing towards Thebes. Hades also meets Maleficent, who is looking for a black box. Sora and the gang land in Hercules' large glistening arms and save some township from Heartless and Despair. Sora asks how he became strong again during Kingdom Hearts 2 to save Meg, and he says he can't explain it, he just knew what he had to do. Sora also meets Maleficent and Pete, who mention a black box, and then leave for whatever reason. After ample NPC saving, Zigbar shows up and says some vague lines that are definitely not foreshadowing about not sacrificing yourself for others, huh. and Herc only pulled it off because he's a god. He also says Sora has no choice but to follow along a predetermined path, and his reward is right around the corner. Then he leaves. Hades starts to do something bad at the top of the mountain, and Sora and Herc go to deal with it. When Herc realizes the titans are afoot, he leaves. Sora and the goof troop climb the mountain and defeat the rock titan before making their way to the gates of Olympus. They fight through Olympus and to the top before rejoining with Hercules and saving his dad Zeus from the Titans and Hades. Hercules tells Sora he belongs with Meg rather than up here, and Sora thinks he's supposed to answer his own question and figure out his source of strength on his own. Lastly, we see Pete dig up Pandora's box in Thebes, but it's not what Maleficent is after. Zigbar watches this ominously. He's just standing there, menacingly! As Sora's journey continues, Keyblade Masters Riku and Mickey search for Aqua, the Keyblade Master from Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, who, ten years ago, became lost in the Realm of Darkness in an attempt to save her friend, Terra. The effects of the Dark Realm are so strong, they sap David Gallagher's ability to act, and Riku's dialogue feels completely wooden for the rest of the game. Riku recalls meeting Terra when he was a child on Destiny Islands. Terra taught Riku that the purpose of strength is to protect what matters. Reinvigorated by the memory, he and Mickey follow Aqua's trail until its end, but she's nowhere to be seen. Mickey senses that Aqua has fallen into a darker part of the realm. Before they can devise a new plan, a swarm of Shadow Heartless gather together to form a gross tower of shadows climbing over each other. This is known as a demon tide. The tide swallows Riku, but before he falls to darkness, a distant voice that sounds like his own offers to help. The audience doesn't get this confirmation until later, but this voice is Replica Riku, a copy of Riku created by Organization 13 during the events of Chain of Memories. Originally a villain, Replica Riku made a face turn in that game before immediately dying. Surprise! He's just here in the Realm of Darkness, actually. Or at least his heart or spirit or something is. I don't know, he's with Riku now. <laughs> That's what matters. Huh. Riku awakens with a new haircut to find Mickey, who forced the demon tide into retreat. Knowing Aqua is beyond their reach for now, they resolve to regroup in the Realm of Light and return when they have a better chance. Riku leaves his Keyblade, now split in two after the demon tide attack, in the Realm of Darkness, hoping that Replica Riku might make use of it. That fucking never comes up, what the fuck? Nope. What? Remind! I'm just realizing now that never fucking comes up! Remind! Four days! <laughs> Back at the mysterious tower, Yensid is disappointed that Sora was not able to discover the power of waking in Olympus, but he has not given up hope that Sora can discover the power elsewhere. 
Riku and Mickey returned to tell the goof troop, and Yen said that they too completely bonered their mission. Upon hearing Riku and Mickey's progress report, Sora finds himself abruptly announcing that he'll save her, despite not really knowing where that thought came from. This implies that Ventus, Aqua's friend whose heart has been resting in Sora's ever since his body fell into a coma during the events of Birth by Sleep, is occasionally coming to the forefront of Sora's heart and causing him to think certain thoughts. In the most awkward retcon in media history since the Spider-Man clone arc, it's revealed that before every adventure, Yen Sid whispers, May your heart be your guiding key, but only Goofy's big ears were attentive but only Goofy's big ears were attentive enough to notice it before today. Cool! Goof Troop leave in an attempt to get Sora the power of waking. Before they can decide where to start, Chip, Dale, and Ienzo, the physically and morally reformed somebody of Organization 13 member Zexion, call Sora on his new gummy phone to explain that Riku's actions in the ending of Dream Drop Distance mean they now have access to encrypted research data from Ansem the Wise. It'll take them a long time to decrypt it all, but what they've already decrypted shows that Ansem the Wise discovered that Sora's heart isn't the only heart in his heart. Sora feels strongly that it's Roxas in there, and decides to focus on bringing him back. In an attempt to wake up Roxas, Goof Troop head to Twilight Town. They find Hainer, Pence, and Olette, who, despite not remembering Roxas, feel like the name sounds familiar when Sora brings it up, since their data versions were Roxas's best friends. They resolve to help Sora find Roxas. Pence connects the computer terminal in the Twilight Town mansion to a network with Ienzo's terminal at Radiant Garden, and they both work on deciphering the encrypted data. Ienzo calls Sora. Ienzo says, hey, remember Vexen? No, you don't, because your memory of that game was deleted. But anyway, Vexen used to be part of the organization. He was recompleted along with a bunch of the rest of us as Evan, his somebody, but then he disappeared and we can't find him. Ienzo worries that Evan might be up to no good. Ansem Seeker of Darkness and Xemnas, both back because of time travel shenanigans, appear in Twilight Town to bully Sora for a bit, but then they leave him alone. They later have a discussion with Zigbar that reveals that they plan on using Sora to gain more vessels for even more Xehanorts. They need 13 to fulfill the prophecy, after all. In a forest we've never seen before, Kyrie reads a letter she's writing to Sora about her training. Working with Lee has been going well, even though he's an awkward mess a lot of the time. He wants her to call him Axel, so it can help him remember who she reminds him of, uh, and the viewer sees that Lee sees Shion in Kyrie. He also uh, pulls loose ice cream out of his black coat pockets and cries a little bit. In Radiant Garden, Alias and Dylan show Riku and Mickey where Xehanort, uh, as Terranort, fought Aqua and was found by Ansem the Wise at the end of Birth by Sleep. So many names in one sentence. Just uh, just hit five seconds back and listen to it again. That's the game. <laughs> they proceed to spout exposition about that game's ending to the player alongside the other reasons there are so many Xehanorts. Riku worries about his place in all this. Sora starts heading to Disney World now, and first up is Toy Box. This world starts with a commercial for a video game that looks like Final Fantasy that is actually titled Verum Rex. The lead character, named Yozora, is seen trying to save a woman and is very close to doing so before she is pulled away and the commercial ends. Video game available now. You can also buy the Gigas action figure robots from the game. This commercial is being watched by Rex, the dinosaur from Pixar's Toy Story, I don't know if you've seen it, Woody, Buzz, and more prepare to fight Heartless before the goof troop emerge from under the bed, exclaiming in fear as they have become toys. How did they get so small? 
They fight some Heartless and are then greeted by the toys who explain that a lot of their friends and human owners are missing. Rex thinks that Sora is Yozora from the video game. Woody mentions someone in a black cloak, and you know what that means, so they go to Galaxy Toys to find him. They get there and are quickly greeted by young Xehanort, who is missing a darkness they must reclaim. This world might have a clue, so they made a copy and removed some people from it. He leaves, and they fight some Heartless and big robots, and Sora gets in the robot. They continue to go around the store looking for answers, and Buzz is doubtful of Sora, but carries on. Eventually, they get to a video game store looking for Rex, and young Xehanort appears, both sending Sora into a TV screen inside of the game Virum Rex, and making Buzz evil. Cool! Sora wins and gets out, and now they have to save Buzz. After some robot platforming, they find Xehanort again through a darkness portal. Woody tells Xehanort he's never been loved before, and they save Buzz. Xehanort leaves and makes them fight a big UFO. The toys say some nice words, and Sora leaves. In the gummy ship, Donald asks about relearning the power of waking. Instead, Sora is thinking about Roxas needing a body to exist. They call Riku, who explains that replicas exist, since Sora forgot, and maybe that can help. Sora finally mentions the organization and Maleficent are involved, and Mickey tells them to look out for Terra. Goof Troop arrive at Kingdom of Corona, where they save Flynn Rider from some Heartless. He's a character from Tangled, the Disney movie. I don't know if you've seen it. Goof Troop agree to escort Flynn and Rapunzel, protecting them from Heartless along the way to the Kingdom of Corona. Y'all know how this one goes. Rapunzel's actually the princess. She's got magic hair, and her adopted abusive mother keeps her locked in a tower to take advantage of the healing powers of her magic hair. Rapunzel doesn't know she's the princess or that her mom isn't her biological mother. Rapunzel's adoptive mom is actually mega old, but kept from aging because of Rapunzel's hair. Unbeknownst to Goof Troop, a reconstituted Marluxia has offered to help Rapunzel's adopted mother get Rapunzel back locked up in the tower. In fact, it's so unbeknownst to Goof Troop that they have no idea who Marluxia is. They lost their memory of him after the events of Chain of Memories, after all. Soon after, Marluxia reveals himself and his membership of, in True Organization 13 to Goof Troop. He requests that they protect Rapunzel as she embodies the light of this world. Uh, then he just leaves! They successfully drop Rapunzel and Flynn off at the kingdom. That night, Marluxia and Rapunzel's mother find Rapunzel and take her back to the tower. Marluxia appears before Sora and for some reason explains uh, his whole plan. There are a new seven princesses of heart, and Rapunzel is one of them. He thinks that if Rapunzel stays locked in the tower, she'll be better protected. He and True Organization 13 want all the princesses safe in case Sora is unable to assemble seven guardians of light for the prophecy. Have we mentioned the prophecy yet, Joe? In the other games, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's come up in this game once. If you bring up seven guardians, if you bring seven guardians of light and 13 seekers of darkness, and you, you make them fight like, you know, like action figures, then you'll form the Keyblade, which reveals and in turn opens the eponymous Kingdom Hearts. Mm -hmm. And that's what Xehanort wants to do. And as I just mentioned, True Organization 13 are using these seven princesses, seven new princesses of heart as a failsafe in case Sora is unable to gather his seven guardians of light. Rapunzel learns the truth about her royalty and her mother's deception. As she confronts her mother, Goof Troop and Flynn, whose real name we learn is Eugene, arrive at the tower to save her. Rapunzel's mother mortally wounds Eugene, forcing the restrained Rapunzel to promise to stay in the tower 
forever in exchange for a chance to heal Eugene. Not wanting Rapunzel to seal her own fate, Eugene uses his last bit of energy to cut off Rapunzel's hair, destroying the magic. Now that his plan's a bust, Marluxia turns Rapunzel's now rapidly aging mother into a heartless boss that Sora destroys. Rapunzel cries, and apparently her tears are magic too, so Eugene's fine. Marluxia dips, and all is well. Elsewhere in this world, Maleficent and Pete confirm that they did not find a box that they thought might be here. The same one they were talking about before. She knows it's real, but she doesn't know where it is. Pete wonders if they should follow Sora, but Maleficent explains that their search is unrelated to his current quest, so they don't. In Radiant Garden, Mickey is too late, because Evan, the somebody of Vexen, isn't here anymore. He can't make portals to dark corridors anymore, so they assume he was taken by the organization, as they too could make use of replicas. In the Badlands, Syx learns this as well. Evan will give up his humanity and join the organization in order to continue his research. The Goof Troop arrive in Monsteropolis and immediately to Monsters, Inc., a factory from the Pixar movie. I don't know if you've seen it. They meet Mike, Sully, and Boo and learn that they don't scare anymore. It's all about the giggles. They gotta get Boo home, but suddenly Unversed show up and they have to fight them. On the laugh floor, they see her door leaving and chase after it into the vault. On their quest to find it, they're stopped by Randall, the bad guy from the movie. He wants to break hearts as a more powerful source of energy. That's bad! They continue looking for a way to get Boo home. After they continue a lot and beat the big boss, they catch Randall and send him back to the swamp, and Sora locks that door and it disappears forever. When climbing to Boo's door, they're taken suddenly back to the laugh floor and confronted by Vanitas, one of the antagonists from Birth by Sleep, and one Sora met in Dream Drop Distance, the other half of Ventus, and half of a sword. <laughs> Vanitas reveals that Ventus merged with Sora and tries to take him back, but Sully and Mike throw him in a series of doors in a sequence that is very funny. Then Sora leaves. In the gummy ship, Sora contemplates just rushing into the realm of darkness, but he still doesn't have the power of waking. Then Ienzo calls. He's studying the replica research, but he found out in Ansem's code that Sora actually has three hearts within him, and their memories. <laughs> Ienzo explains that connecting the heart with the memories and a vessel will bring them back. Sora knows Roxas, assumes Vanitas might have been right about Ventus, but doesn't know a third. We know already from Dream Drop Distance that it's Shion. Meanwhile, in the Realm of Darkness, Anson the Wise asks Aqua if she will stay on this shore. He says it's connected to Destiny Islands, and she will wait knowing someone is coming. Ansem Seeker of Darkness does arrive, and asks Ansem the Wise about a girl who lost her memories, who was a test subject during his experiments so many years ago. Anson the Wise reconstructed Sora's memories, so he should for the girl too now. Anson the Wise says he doesn't know who this is and is dragged away, but not before Aqua tries to save him and fails, being knocked into the water and sinking into darkness. Back in the gummy ship, back at the ranch, <laughs> Sora gets a call about Merlin, who is apparently waiting for them at the bistro in Twilight Town. Merlin has Winnie the Pooh's book, but Sora is no longer on the cover. Sora dives in to figure out why. Inside, he meets up with his old friends and a new one named Lumpy, who is a half-alum. Because this is a point of contention in the fandom. <laughs> on Reddit! Heffalumps originally only appeared in Winnie the Pooh and Piglet's dreams or nightmares in the... 1920s source material, but it doesn't seem to be the case for Lumpy's appearances since 2005. 
This is relevant because some people think that this entire game is a dream. What? No. <laughs> Sora plays some mini-games and helps them harvest some vegetables in a hundred-acre wood. Winnie the Pooh asks Sora why it feels like he's gone away and touches his heart. Sora can feel their connection has weakened. He leaves the book and tells Merlin he's no longer in Pooh's heart, and he doesn't want to lose his friends. Merlin assures him there are new ways to connect with people, and shows him that he's back on the book's cover. Sora and the Goof Troop arrive in snowy Arendelle from Disney's Frozen. They see the fjord turning to ice and a woman, Elsa, running across it. Sora chases her to make her less sad. They catch up, but she wants alone time and uses her ice powers to give them the cold shoulder. Then Larkseen says to leave the woman alone, but Sora doesn't remember her. She traps them in a weird ice dungeon, and eventually they get out of it and continue up the mountain. They reach the top and watch Elsa sing Let It Go and make her castle of ice. Larkseen tells them to leave the woman alone. She says she's watching to see if Elsa's powers are darkness or light, and pushes Sora down the mountain. After a lot of sledding, they meet a talking snowman named Olaf, who is great! They also meet Anna and Kristoff, who are also going to stop this winter by getting to Elsa. Anna explains her history with Elsa over top a song, and it reminds Sora of his childhood with Riku. Sora puts Olaf back together when he dies, and then travels up the mountain again. At the top, Anna sees Elsa for the first time in forever, but she accidentally puts ice in Anna's heart. That's bad! Anna is thrown out by a big ice monster named Marshmallow, and Anna, Kristoff, and Olaf run away as Sora fights, and wouldn't you know, gets knocked down the mountain again. While walking towards Arendelle, they see some random guy, Hans, carrying Elsa, and it looks bad. It is. They meet up with Marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> they, meet, they meet up with Marshmallow and join up, then travel down to Arendelle, and on the frozen fjord, we see a nearly dead Anna save Elsa from Hans, who was Anna's fiancé, by the way. Then Hans gets surrounded by darkness, and so does Sora, and they fight a big ice wolf and win. Sora sees Anna's act of true love thaw her heart, and Elsa figured out how to make ice thaw. But Larkseen pauses time somehow to tell Sora love filled both their hearts, and that's two of the new seven lights in one world. She also says the organization has filled their ranks. This is a lie, but Sora doesn't know. Sora is determined to find the seven guardians of light so they don't go after Anna and Elsa. Elsa thaws Arendelle, and Sora leaves. We see Sora and the Goof Troop run into Merlin's tower to meet Riku and Mickey. They share some information about the new seven hearts having powers passed down when the last seven princesses finished protecting the light. Kairi seems to still be one of the new seven, despite being a guardian. They know that Ventus is in Sora's heart, but have to save Aqua because only she knows where his body is. Sora can't go until he gets the power of waking. In the Badlands, Marluxia and Larkseen discuss rejoining the organization. Dimmix joins and gets dunked on, then Zimnus appears and says they were brought into the original organization for a specific reason. Luxord joins and asks what it is since he meant these four members. Larkseen asks if Luxord is looking for the box with Zigbar, but he doesn't answer. Zimnus explains, these four are going to unlock secrets of the Keyblade legacy within them. Welcome to Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They decided to have this world follow the plot of the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie, even though the second movie has never appeared in Kingdom Hearts. Yet. As a result, the state of affairs are pretty fucked when Goof Troop arrive. Mythical Squidman Davy Jones <laughs> hit his heart in a box. Everybody wants it. And Jack Sparrow is in hell. They break Jack Sparrow out of hell. Cool. Got that out of the way. Jack has a debt to Davy Jones. 
Jack has a debt to David Jones Esquire that can only be repaid by getting Davy Jones his heart in a box. Luxord, whose name is apparently pronounced that way, and Vexen... I just glossed over that earlier. <laughs> ...have been ordered here by the organization on suspicion that Davy Jones's box might be the box that the organization, as well as Maleficent and Pete, are all looking for. After all, it's a box that is somehow letting someone live on without their heart and also not being a nobody. Weird. Tia Dalma, a Pirates of the Caribbean character Goof Troop have never met before, is actually Calypso, the goddess of the sea. No one knows, though. She tells Sora to free her with his keyblade, but he doesn't know what she's on about, because she's standing right there, not imprisoned by anything at the moment at which she tells him this. Luxord sends a ship of Heartless after our heroes, causing Goof Troop and Jack to be marooned on a deserted island. We'll learn later that this isn't actually Jack, but a golem made by Tia Dalma's magic to look like Jack Sparrow and to help Goof Troop. The golem is made of crabs. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Goof Troop and Fake Jack find a ship on the island, which they take to sea. They are quickly met by Luxord and his ship, and they have a polite chat. Luxord asks for information on the box. Fake Jack accidentally spills the beans on the box's location. Ah, you spilled your beans. <laughs> Didn't I warn you about spilling your beans? It's on Davy Jones's ship, the Flying Dutchman. There's also a boat racing game involved somewhere, because it's Luxord and games and all. That's his thing. Luxord escapes, and Goof Troop and Fake Jack head to Port Royal to upgrade their ship enough to catch Luxord. They do so by finding crabs. Don't worry about it. Fake Jack reveals he's fake and turns into a bunch of crabs. Don't worry about it. Goof Troop decide to find the real Jack before facing Luxord. They find Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan first, who inform them that Beckett, remember him from Pirates of the Caribbean, the uh, Gore Verbinski joint? Not sure if you've seen it. Uh, Beckett has Davy Jones's heart and thus leverage over Davy Jones himself and the Flying Dutchman. Jack is with them as prisoner as well. Luxord portals in, knowing the box is on the Dutchman now. For some reason, Luxord can control the Kraken. Goof Troop fight the Kraken and Davy Jones, and wowee, they're victorious. Vexen returns to remind us that uh, he's here still, actually, uh, and he spouts a line about how it turns out that this isn't the box the organization wants after all. Will Turner stabs Davy Jones's heart in a box, killing Davy Jones. Because of the laws of the universe, there always has to be a captain of the Flying Dutchman, and so Will becomes that new captain. With Davy Jones out of the picture, and with control of the Flying Dutchman, they kill Beckett. Uh, there's much rejoicing. Back in the hyperbolic time forest, Kyrie and Lee are nearly done with training. She wants to free Nominee from her heart so Nominee can live her own life. Lee wonders if Ventus, whom he met as a kid in Birth by Sleep, would still remember him if they met today. An extremely brief scene in the Dark World reminds us that Riku and Mickey exist. They're fighting a demon tide, and not very well. Oh no! In Twilight Town, Hainer, Pence, and Olette see Ansem dragging Ansem toward the mansion. It's Ansem the Wise and being dragged by Ansem, Seeker of Darkness. They catch Wise and Seeker of Darkness mid-conversation. Ansem the Wise says he didn't hide, quote, the girl, unquote. He stopped researching due to her disappearance, actually. The girl's memory will help them unravel a mystery related to the battle of light and dark. Ansem the Wise wants to atone for how he treated Naminé and Roxas, and the kids hear mention of Roxas, so they try to save Ansem the Wise. Somehow, they do! 
with the help of some nobodies. Then they go to the sewers. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> In the sewers, when they escape, they are met by Vexen, or rather Evan, who also wishes to atone. The nobodies were his doing. He's like a double agent. It's, it's, it's actually a pretty cool turn. Yeah, yeah. Never would have guessed him of all people. Yeah. The goof troop land on the San Francisco Bridge and quickly run into Heartless. They meet Hero and Baymax and team up. This takes place after the film Big Hero 6. They defeat the Heartless and later meet up in their team garage where they train Sora and also learn from him. There's a training montage. They fight a bunch more Heartless and share ice cream on the bridge, which makes Roxas's heart inside of Sora think of ice cream with his friends. Later, they see a collection of data cubes that Hero thinks are the microbots from the film. Hero goes back to the garage and the rest chase after. They try to fight it but can't. Sora ends up saving everyone. They're then confronted by a black coat, and it's Riku, but small? <laughs> it seems to be the heart of Riku from Kingdom Hearts 1, but pushed forward in time and put in a replica. He has the chip of combat programs that was in the original Baymax in the film and throws it into the data cubes, which gets meaner and fights Sora, but Sora wins. Afterwards, Dark Riku explains when and where he came from, sort of, and the organization's plan to use replicas, sort of. He also mentions a wizard. He's trying to create a heart out of data, and Baymax is the experiment. He has the chip that survived that last fight, and it learned from it, and he leaves. Dark Riku does then meet Maleficent and tells her to watch herself, I guess. <laughs> Later, Sora fights the Dark Cubes, but Dark Riku turns it into a Dark Baymax with the chip. Sora fights it with the new good Baymax and wins, and Hero destroys the old chip. Then, he makes a nice new chip and has two Baymaxes before Sora leaves. Chip and Dale call Goof Troop in distress as they've lost all contact with Riku and Mickey in the Realm of Darkness. They know that they need to help, but can't think of how to get there. Chip and Dale know that Mickey was only able to find the way because he has a keyblade from the Realm of Darkness. Sora trusts the heart that is his guiding key, and it leads them to Destiny Islands. There, he finds a keyblade he doesn't recognize, but that we know is Ericus's keyblade, left there by Aqua. That's right, right? I didn't make that up. Aqua left it there somehow. Yeah, we don't really know how it got there, but she had it last. Didn't she have it in 0.2 and like in the brief moment where Yes, she... but that's not real Destiny Islands. Weird. That's in the... that It's on Destiny Islands when Destiny Islands is consumed by darkness. And I guess she could have gone into the dark realm and the key when Destiny Islands went back to normal. Well, then the Keyblade would have been there for fucking Keyblade. four years. <laughs> Leave all this in. <laughs> it gets Ericus's there. Keyblade, it gets there. Er Ericus's Keyblade turns the door of Destiny Islands secret place into a door to the realm of darkness. Not wanting to endanger Donald and Goofy, Sora enters alone. In the Dark Realm, the Demon Tide opens a portal to the even darker part of the Dark Realm, where Aqua resides. Cloaked in darkness, she exits the portal. The first thing she sees is Mickey's Keyblade, and gets pissed at his tardy ass. She's been here for over ten years, and the darkness has corrupted her in that time. Filled with anger towards Mickey for abandoning her, she fights Riku and Mickey alongside the Demon Tide. Riku and Mickey are getting absolutely bodied when Sora arrives to save the day. He and Riku use the power of their romantic love for one another to create a combined Keyblade that we saw in Dream Drop Distance that eliminates the Demon Tide. Riku protects Mickey as Sora defeats the corrupted Aqua. Aqua, now purged of corruption, awakens on Destiny Islands in front of our heroes. Confused, 
she asks when Destiny Islands fell back into darkness. Riku informs her that she's back in the realm of light. She cries tears of joy, and they all embrace. In Radiant Garden, Evan reveals his double agent plans to Demix, who has been benched from the organization as they already have all the darknesses they need without him. Vexen hopes this will make Demix sympathetic to his plans. It does! Vexen has a trick up his sleeve, too. He explains that someone else, a certain he, is also working against the organization behind the scenes. Demix delivers a replica vessel to Ienzo before reuniting Ienzo with Ansem the Wise. Ansem the Wise and Ienzo reconcile. It was just a boy. <laughs> Goof Troop asks Aqua to come back with them to regroup with Yensid. But she asks if they could make a quick stop at Castle Oblivion to pick up some beers, also to turn it back into the land of departure and awaken Ventus. They arrive at the same time as Vanitas, who defeats a not-yet-recovered Aqua. Inside Sora's heart, Sora and Ventus speak to one another. Sora laments not being able to wake up Ventus, who could help Aqua defeat Vanitas. He doesn't have the power of waking yet. Ventus disagrees. He thinks Sora does have the power of waking. And, turns out, he does. Handy. Ventus wakes up and forces Vanitas to retreat. Ventus and Aqua bid each other good morning, and I start crying. We all do. Sora, Riku, Donald, Goofy, Mickey, Aqua, Lee, Kairi, and Ventus meet with Yen Sid. Ventus remembers Lee. It's beautiful. Axel tells him to call him Axel, though. That night, Aqua and Ventus promise to share some stories once they save Terra. In Twilight Town, Maleficent and Pete still can't find the box. Maleficent concludes that the box must not exist until the Keyblade War is reignited. They decide to lie in waiting until that happens. Atop the Twilight Town clock tower, Syx meets with Axel ahead of their fight the following day. Syx questions why Axel bought himself three sea salt ice creams. Axel felt like it. Syx and Axel talk about why they originally ingratiated themselves with Ansem the Wise and his apprentices. They met a girl who was held prisoner in Ansem the Wise's castle and endeavored to free her. They were never successful. During the conversation, we learn that Xemnas used the girl as a lab rat. Syx claims he kept trying to find her long after Axel stopped and chastises Axel for giving up as early as he did. But Syx explains that he too gave up, questioning whether or not she was ever even real to begin with. He sense made becoming stronger his sole motivation. Syx leaves to prepare for their fight tomorrow. On Destiny Islands, Riku has a heart-to-heart -heart in his heart with Replica Riku's heart. Replica Riku knows his body is gone and wishes to continue to reside within Riku, even if that means the two die together but asks that he have enough time to accomplish one more thing before that happens. Kairi and Sora finally share a Paupu fruit. Kairi promises to keep Sora safe. And after a thrilling game of Star Fox, the Goof Troop arrive with the Badlands, the Keyblade Graveyard, and meet up with the other Guardians of Light, Riku, Mickey, Kairi, Lee, Slash Axel, Aqua, and Ventus. They are greeted by several men named Xehanort. They say the lights shine too brightly, so they summon like way too many Heartless and Sora fights them. He wins and catches up with the others, but they are all stopped by Terra. Ventus and Aqua run up, but he's been Norded, baby! <laughs> he vibe checks Ventus and takes out Lee before Donald casts Zeta Flare and destroys the man and the duck. A swarm of Heartless come in and Riku cheers on <laughs> Sora and Aqua joins them. The swarm manages to dissuade Aqua from fighting and takes her, and then everyone else, which leaves <laughs> Sora screaming. Riku is still there to protect him, until he isn't. <laughs> then, Sora isn't. Darkness prevailed, 
and light expired. RIP! Or so young Xehanort says, as we flash back to the chess scene. He has Ericus in check, but he moves a piece back and brings back seven more somehow. He says, there's more to light than meets the eye. And, some light comes from the past. Now, we see Sora in a place called the Final World. He is translucent. <laughs> That's what the T in LGBT stands for. <laughs> Told you Sora was trans. <laughs> <laughs> he walks for a bit and meets a little friend called a Chirithi. We've seen I a t- love Chirithi. We've seen a ton of these in the mobile game, but now he's on the big screen. <laughs> he explains to Sora the concept of mortal death and that he's still held on by something. None of Sora's friends came here with him. Chirithi explains Sora has been here before by choice, which seems to canonize tutorial sequences, but this time is different. He died. He has to piece himself back together here, and Chirithi specifies he's conceptually in pieces. Yeah, same, after hearing the <laughs> summary. Uh, he walks into figures of Sora's walking around to slowly become more solid. Along the way, he finds a heart that is here and can talk to him. A girl's voice, but she no longer has her name or anything. She only has her heart still because it pines for someone who may be coming to save her. She doesn't know if he'll come because their heart was replaced by someone else's. She tells Sora they would come after them if they remembered their true self. She tells Sora the person's name, but we don't hear it. Sora also finds the heart of Namine. She says she can sense that Kairi is what, what is keeping Sora here together. She's working very hard, just off screen. Sora will thank her properly when she's back in her own body. She also says, while she was going through Sora's memories, she found Terra and his strong will that she will trace and try and help. Sora then does some parkour on some cubes to collect a hundred more Soras <laughs> and become a whole boy again. Back with Chirithi, Sora asks if he can leave, but no, he's waiting for someone, but he doesn't tell Sora because he doesn't remember the past, the person who would come back for Chirithi. Sora asks for help saving the others, but, is, but Chirithi's only advice is to restore their hearts. So, Sora opens a portal and goes through, and we see Riku sacrificing himself again. It's just a replay of the scene where Sora died. But this time, Sora ends up in a dark space, flying towards a light. And when he goes through, he winds up in an empty Olympus. And Jiminy. And Jiminy is with Jiminy is with him. For some reason, he quickly finds a translucent Riku that is taken by a heartless lich, who Sora then chases and fights to save his boyfriend. The heart is freed from the lich, and Jiminy says he'll return to the place he fell, like you did, which is puzzling. <laughs> Sora continues to hop Disney worlds and fight this lich to save his other friends, except for one. He doesn't know where Kairi is, and then, in San Francisco, young Xehanort joins him and says he's burying himself in the dark of sleep again, like in Dream Job Distance. This is puzzling. He explains the power of waking is traversing hearts to reach worlds, not for traversing worlds to reach hearts and that there's a price to pay. He says it's too late for Sora and leaves. Then Chip and Dale call about the Keyblade Graveyard. That's the last place to check, and when flying in the dark again, Wait, Sora finds Kairi. Wait, did we Kyrie. not question, when we, pause. I think we did. When we, like how the fuck th- he has signal in nowhere? Well, that's the thing, it's like, is he in dream state? Is he in a different, like, is he diving through worlds or what? Like, it doesn't, it's really vague. It's puzzling. I want to know what fucking plan he's on. Yeah. Because <laughs> he gets real good coverage. Yeah, because he, yeah, he goes to San Francisco and saves, I don't know, Goofy, and talks to you. Then young Xehanort shows up, and then Chip and Dale call him. 
um, now that the Keyblade Graveyard is back and he can travel to it again. Sora says that's the last place for him to check, and when he's flying in the dark again, he finds Kyrie. They talk, and she leads him back to the Keyblade Graveyard. Everyone is back, not exactly where they fell, but at the beginning of the world. They are all pumped up and ready to continue the fight. Events we've already seen repeat themselves. As the heroes return to the same spot, they saw a Terranor before. Even our returned heroes say and do all the same things they'd said and did before, so it's difficult to tell what exactly is going on here. But events play out exactly the same until Terranor attempts to strike. This time, thanks to Namine's help, Terra's lingering will manifests as Terra's Keyblade armor and interrupts Terranor's attack. As the two continue to fight, the rest of the heroes fight off the same Heartless Swarm from before. Sora dives into the Great Heartless Typhoon. Upon doing so, he sees a flash of light and a figure he's never met before, but the audience has. It's Ephemer. He's a character from the mobile game. Ephemer's art? Spirit? Memory? Something is able to briefly bring the energy of all the Keyblade wielders from before the war to the present. This manifests in all their old Keyblades rising up from the graveyard and helping Sora defeat the swarm. Gamers rise up. They've got no chance to catch their breath, as immediately after, the version of Riku they met in San Francisco approaches. Instead of fighting directly, he summons another horde of Heartless, but the heroes are too weak from non-stop fighting to defeat them all. Yen Sid Ex Machina arrives and creates a magical parting of the Red Sea-style light pathway that the heroes can use to bypass the Heartless. Donald and Goofy stay behind so they can help guide Yen Sid out once he drops that pathway magic. The seven Guardians of Light press onward, arriving at the crossroads in the Keyblade Graveyard we've seen so many times throughout the series. All 13 Xehanorts meet them at its center. Master Xehanort uses his Keyblade to erect a giant labyrinth. In that labyrinth, everybody fights everybody. It's a boss rush. One by one, assisted by different Guardians of Light, Sora defeats many of the darknesses in this labyrinth. Bunch of loose ends are tied up here after these boss fights. Here's a summary. Number one, evil Riku isn't actually Ansem-possessed Riku from the past. He's actually a replica filled with the past's Ansem-possessed Riku's heart. Replica Riku's heart foregoes the opportunity to use this now-defeated blank replica to give himself a body so that Namine can use it instead. Two, Zigbar pretends to die, but he actually just portals out. Three. Upon defeat, Luxord gives Sora a wild card for some reason. Fades away, soon to be recompleted. 4. Larxene reveals that she, like so many others, had an ulterior motive for being in the organization, but she won't reveal what that was. She too will be recompleted. 5. Marluxia will also be recompleted. 6. Vanitas and Ventus ramble on about light and darkness for a bit before Vanitas fades away. It's good for their arcs, but it isn't plot important. As we know now. As for now, we don't think it's plot important. Sure. <laughs> 7. Upon defeating Terranort, Terra very briefly gains control of his body before Terranort reasserts himself. He's about to kill Ventus and Aqua, but his own Heartless Guardian saves them. The Heartless Guardian has been Terra's heart all along. The power of friendship and a blast from Sora's Keyblade rid Terra's body of Xehanort, and Terra returns for real. Xemnas, Syx, and Shion, well, we don't know why she's back or... Why she's working with the organization, um, I think that's what Remind's going to tell us. Maybe. Xemnas, Syx, and Shion defeat Axel, Sora, and Kairi, but Shion, presumably controlled by the enemy, is able to act on her own long enough to stall. 
This gives enough time for the replica Demix delivered to Yenzo earlier to fall from the sky, and Roxas's heart shoots out of Zora's and into that vessel. Roxas is back! Xemnas captures Kyrie and retreats, but the remaining heroes are able to defeat Saix. 9. Saix and Axel flirt before Saix disappears, soon to be recompleted. 10. Axel, Roxas, and Shion cry and embrace. It's very touching. Sora leaves the labyrinth and is reunited with Mickey and Riku. Xemnas, Young Xehanort, Ansem Seeker of Darkness, and Master Xehanort are all that's left. The heroes are forced into fighting them in order to save Kairi, completing the prophecy. Riku, Sora, and Mickey defeat the three Xehanorts that aren't Master Xehanort. A secret report later reveals that at least Seeker of Darkness and Xemnas were actually replicas filled with their hearts from the past to get around time shenanigans. All of the necessary clashes have occurred, so Master Xehanort kills Kairi. Man, just reading that in the summary. <laughs> it's... Do we have... I mean... We're mad about it. <laughs> yeah. He then forges the Keyblade and opens Kingdom Hearts. Donald, Goofy, Axel, Roxas, Shion, Aqua, Ventus, and Terra catch up, reuniting the whole squad. Riku invokes some Dream Drop Distance bullshit about how Xehanort's traveling between time and worlds and hearts means they can make a portal out of him and go into that portal. Unclear in my mind if that means they're entering technically Kingdom Hearts or Master Xehanort's heart, but probably the latter. I think it's Master Xehanort's heart. But then he is able to connect with Kingdom Hearts from in there. It's vague. Goof Troop, enter that portal. And the other six Guardians stay back to work on closing Kingdom Hearts with their Keyblades. Sora, Donald, and Goofy open their eyes to see the vast white world from the opening. Scala ad Kalem. When they get into the town, they see various copies of Old Man Xehanort. But they turn into a group of 13 figures wearing identical robes and iron masks but wielding the weapons of the Thirteen Darknesses. The Goof Troop fight them across town, and when Sora wins, the figures join into the real Xehanort, who then gets his own robes and a weird goat mask. He turns the world into a tube like Doctor Strange, and Sora fights him. After that, there's a weird phase of the fight underwater, which shows what appears to be the Daybreak Town Foreteller's Tower, you know, from the mobile game, I don't know if you've played it, but it's upside down and underwater. The final phase is back in the destroyed town, and after this, Sora has broken Xehanort's armor. This leads Xehanort to flee to the top of the tower in the town, so Sora chases. The floor of this platform has a big clock that people have really thought a lot about in the past year. Anyways, Xehanort summons the Keyblade and says one sky, one destiny, before the final fights begin. After leaving the tower, they fight on a clock face in the sky, under the heart-shaped moon. Sora is forced into his dark mode, Shadow Heartless form, which is probably lore important. Er, but finally, when the battle ends, Xehanort sends a big laser blast at the troop, and Sora tries to block it, but fails and dies. Then, we hear Donald and Goofy shout, and Sora is back, and with his friend's help, they deflect it and send a stronger beam back, defeating Xehanort. Back on the top of the tower, Xehanort drops the Keyblade and falls, but the moon is changing, and he says they're too late. The world, capital W World, will return to the darkness where it started. He claims the world needed a new start, and only he could lead it. Then the moon shatters as the other Guardians of Light land and join them. Terra steps to Xehanort and echoes Ericus's words to him as his Light Force ghost steps out, revealing he'd hidden his heart in Terra this whole time, which is weird because Terra was hidden in the Heartless Guardian. Ericus tells Xehanort to give the Keyblade to the Guardians to set things right. 
we see that Ericus won that flashback chess game and shows that he and Xehanort were really good friends. It seems Xehanort is remembering this as he bequeaths the Keyblade to Sora. Ericus apologizes to his students for sucking really bad before, but also thrusts more responsibility on Terra before going to heaven with his evil bald boyfriend. Then, <laughs> Sora fixes the moon with a big sword. Uh, this fucking game! <laughs> it's the best two sentences I've ever said back-to-back in my life. <laughs> back in the Keyblade graveyard, they say it's all over, but Sora still has to save Kyrie and is off to save her all alone. Mickey says he might be lost in the process, but Sora's mind is made up, and he leaves. The game's closing cutscenes are as follows. Mickey, Donald, and Goofy return to Disney Castle with Ian Sid to watch the 9.30pm fireworks show. Terra, Aqua, and Ventus make a grave for their dad with his keyblade. And Achirithi, likely the one that Sora met, approaches Ventus. Roxas and Axel sit on the clock tower in Twilight Town as Shion joins. And Issa brings them ice cream. Or Issa brings ice cream for everyone. And Hainer, Pinson, and Olette join too. Something flies over them. We think it's the gummy ship. Then we see Namine wake up in Radiant Garden, but the first thing she has to see is Ansem the Wise, which sucks, but then she's met by Riku. Finally, everyone has a good time together on Destiny Islands, as we see Sora and Kairi sit on the Palpu tree. As the camera gets closer, we see she's crying, and Sora disappears. And the credits roll! When you walk! <laughs> as after the credits, we return to the Keyblade graveyard and see the no-name Keyblade return to the hand of its previous owner, Lushu but with a voice we may recognize. He stands there with the mystery box as other foretellers appear from portals to join. Ava is missing. Thanks for the mobile game if you didn't play that. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Remember those, <laughs> remember those guys? Uh, also, I realize that he pronounces it Ava, not Ava. So Ava is missing, and Lucio reveals he has gone through a few semblances before, but now goes by the name Zigbar. Maleficent is seen watching, but she leaves. The foretellers ask if he excluded Ava, but she performed her role. They ask what his was, and he looks at the box and says, I hope you like long stories. We then see another flashback with young Ericus and Xehanort setting up a new game with seven black pieces and one white. Finally, oh, that's the end of, that's the, end of the game. Um, but if you go and take a picture of all those hidden Mickeys, you can see the secret movie, which is titled Yozora. In it, Sora wakes up in a city that's warmly lit, then somewhere else, Riku wakes up in a coldly lit city. The camera reveals that Sora is in the scramble crossing of Shibuya, and the Tin Four Tower confirms it's the one from the World Ends With You specifically. Riku looks up to a tower where Yozora, the character from the video game in the Toy Story world, sits. Somewhere else, the Master of Masters is seen putting his hands in a heart shape over the moon. And then the title says Reconnect Kingdom Hearts. And we'll see whatever else happens in the Remind DLC in, like, a few days. I don't know if I'm even going to play it. I'm probably just going to watch <laughs> someone play it. Because, like, I haven't... I quite enjoyed Kingdom Hearts 3. A year ago! <laughs> um, I don't know that I want it. Like, I don't know. I'm excited for, for more bosses and more cutscenes. Like, I'm stoked on it. Oh, yeah, I'm stoked on the cutscenes. I don't really care too much about, like fighting bosses again in a game that I am a year's worth of rusty on, you know? Oh, I, well. I, I, have, I have continued to play it because I, I practice speedruns for it. Oh, true. And also, since I originally played it on the Xbox, I actually didn't finish a speedrun on PS4, so I do have to beat it again in the next four days. Presumably, I actually don't know how the DLC is going to function. 
in terms of if when you unlock it. How long is that speed run? Oh, I mean, world record's like three hours. Wow. But that's like pretty, pretty optimized. It's fun. It's fun speed run. It's apparently the, pretty much the easiest Kingdom Hearts one. Um, huh. Except for maybe point two. Anyways, yeah, I mean, that's that's it. Uh, won't talk about what's in the trailers for Remind, but uh, we will be covering it, you know, on the show next week when uh, it comes out. If you liked this, if it was beneficial to you, you can throw us a dollar on our old Patreon, which is patreon.com slash MemorizeCast. I know some people who don't listen to the show checked out the uh, Story So Far episode, so if that's you for this episode, thanks. Leave us a review on iTunes or something. Um, appreciate it. But uh, any any last-minute predictions or thoughts before we, before we end it, Wheels? Uh, we'll probably be mad about some things and happy about other things. Fair enough. <laughs> In that case, where are you on the internet? Twitter.com slash TheTravisW and a podcast called Very Random Encounters, where some friends and I play tabletop role-playing games and randomly determine as much as is possible. Damn. That's it. You can follow me on social media at Ghost of Joe, spelled Ghost of J-O, and I make a couple other podcasts um, that you can all find on the same podcast network as this one, TheOrangeGroves.com. Um, just go... Check out whatever is new on the homepage. Uh, maybe you'll find something you don't listen to or would like. Uh, the the BB&B stuff is, is nearing its end, so that's exciting. I think that's it. You can follow this show on Twitter at MemorizeCast. Um, again, the Patreon is, is patreon.com slash MemorizeCast. The links to, to those will be in the show notes. I think that's it. I did the intro, so it's your turn to, to, to take us home, wheels. That was a quick reminder of Kingdom Hearts 3. Got, Got it. it. Memorized. We were together. Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. Hi, I'm Marn. This is the Argonauts Podcast. Each week, I'm going to try and solve an old defunct ARG, and Marn's going to tell me what I should have done instead. That's true. Marn, what ARGs have we covered so far? So far, we have covered Spectacular Organic Frog Fractions 2, Sexy Girl Max 2019, and This is My Milwaukee. And that list is only going to continue to grow. Yep. Come check us out every other Thursday on the Orange Groves Network. And you can find us at ArgonautsPod.com. 